What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. Overdue property taxes are mounting again for the owners of the Orchards Mall. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. The current owner of Orchards Mall has a track record of not paying property taxes they owe the county until the very last minute. As of today, Durga Property Holdings, the owner of Orchards Mall, still owes hundreds of thousands of dollars in unpaid property taxes dating back to 2020. The amount is $344,494. If they fail to pay their summer property taxes, that amount climbs to nearly $400,000. Of the delinquent back taxes, $54,000 is for a sewer lien and $5,500 is for municipal mowing of the property. For its 2020 taxes, Durga Property Holdings is on a payment plan of $250 per month. That agreement expires in March of 24. If the 2020 tax bill of $101,000 is not paid by then, the property belongs to the county and can be auctioned off to the highest bidder. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. With the new school year about here, the Berrien County Health Department is reminding parents their kids need to have a certain vaccines to be eligible for attendance. Department Medical Director Rex Kabeltica tells us in the 22-23 school year, about 93% of kids nationally had the recommended vaccines. That's compared to 95% in 2019-2020. Kabeltica says the numbers are a bit lower in Berrien County. Towards the end of last school year, 92.4% of K-12 students had all the required vaccinations. That also includes those who had vaccine waivers. Kabeltica says those waivers likely mean the actual vaccination rate in the county is lower. Health officials want to see a vaccination rate of 95% to be confident any outbreak can be kept in check. Kabeltica notes there was an outbreak of measles in 2018 in some tight-knit communities that were not vaccinated. When vaccination rates go down, then you leave it open to a huge outbreak, like what we saw in 2018-19 for a very easily prevented measles. Vaccination rates have been down since COVID, partly because some parents and kids fell behind due to lockdowns. However, Kabeltica says some parents became anti-vaccine during COVID due to misinformation. He urges parents to talk with their child's doctor and notes the health department also offers help getting vaccines. All you have to do is call. A tax break for a new expansion plan by Vickers Engineering has been approved by the Weesaw Township Board of Trustees. The board this week signed off on the Vickers Engineering plan to build a 14,900-square-foot building on its campus on Glendora Road. It's going to use the new building to store raw materials, tools, parts, and equipment so areas in Vickers' current building can be repurposed for more efficient manufacturing. The move this week will give Vickers a 50% break on taxes associated with new expansion for up to 12 years. The Vickers investment will be about $500,000. The Berrien County Road Department is preparing for the replacement of a culvert that washed out in April. Heavy storms caused the culvert underneath Pointa Woods Drive in Benton Township to fail, leaving a large section of the road in sand away. That required the road department to set up a detour for 14 homes nearby. Speaking to colleagues today, Berrien County Commissioner Jim Curran said the administration committee was briefed this week and told the pieces of the replacement culvert have now arrived. It is... 18 foot high, 80 foot long, and the total cost on that project ended up being a million dollars. Berrien County Road Department Director Mark Heiliger told us the cost is actually a little shy of that at 850000 The pieces of the culvert were brought in this week by multiple trucks and took about two months to make. 
The road department is working with a contractor to now install the new culvert, something Heiliger hopes to have done by Memorial Day of next year. The Berrien County Historical Association is gearing up for its annual fundraiser. Director Rhiannon Cezanne told the Berrien County Board of Commissioners today they're hoping for a revitalized event this year. After several years of embarrassment, for lack of a better phrase, we think we've hit on a winner for a theme for our fundraiser this year. It's called Bountiful Berrien Then and Now. We're going to do a farmer's market, in quotation marks, on the grounds featuring delicious food and drink that's harvest-inspired from classic catering and Bridgman. And this year's theme is Centennial Footsteps. We are looking for the old farms in the area to participate in a small exhibit. Cizone says they're looking for sponsors, ticket sales, and auction items for the fundraiser. Anyone interested should call the Berrien County Historical Association. The event will be held October 1st at Courthouse Square in Berrien Springs starting at 4 p.m. Tickets will be $50, and you can get them by calling the Berrien County Historical Association. A multi-faith harvest celebration will be held October 1st in Buchanan. Interfaith Action Coordinator Sid Moen tells us people of all faiths are invited to come and celebrate the importance of the harvest in southwest Michigan, and that's not all. Our harvest is very dependent on agricultural migrant workers, and we will be celebrating how essential they are to our local harvest. Moen says Interfaith Action represents more than 40 organizations from around the region. The harvest celebration will feature music from many. Musical selections uh, ranging from Andrews University's chapel choir to a Jewish cantor to an Islamic uh, call to prayer to a Sikh uh, musical selection. They'll also give out awards. One will go to Southwest Michigan Planning Commission's Marcy Hamilton for her efforts to keep local waterways clear. The other award will go to Alicia and Carlos Sanchez, who work with migrants at Intercare. The event will be at Tabor Hill October 1st, starting at 3 p.m. Everyone's invited. And movie theaters around the country will be marking National Cinema Day this Sunday. Celebration Cinema's Emily Lokes tells us many will be holding special promotions to recognize this special experience of going to a theater. National Cinema Day is a day that's designated by our entire industry, including exhibitors and distribution partners from Hollywood, as a day to celebrate movie going. Not just movies, but the experience of movie going. Lokes says as part of National Cinema Day this Sunday, all movie tickets to Celebration Cinema will be three dollars that's all times theaters movies and formats popcorn will also be three dollars loke says the event last year drew a good crowd and with some big movies now in theaters she's hoping it does again this year wsjm news now continues with your bloomberg report wsjm news now continues brought to you by imperial furniture and dewajak where furniture shopping is fun the Fulton County Jail is awaiting the surrender of former President Donald Trump and the rest of his co-defendants on Georgia election interference charges. ABC's senior investigative correspondent Aaron Katursky has more on what District Attorney Fannie Willis has planned next. She would like these defendants to come back for arraignment to formally enter their pleas to the charges in court the week of September 5th. The judge still has to, to sign off on that figure out whether they'll be virtual, whether the appearances will be waived and lawyers can come in, all of that still to be worked out. But if the defendants, including former President Trump, do have to appear the week of September 5th, those arraignments would be televised. Meanwhile, Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows has surrendered in Atlanta on charges related to efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Trump is set to surrender later today, he says at 730 Trump's booking process is expected to yield an historic first, a mugshot of a former American president. 
Trump's surrender comes the day after a presidential debate featuring his leading rivals for the 2024 Republican nomination, a contest in which he remains the early frontrunner despite accelerating legal troubles. And as Trump prepares to turn himself in on racketeering charges in Fulton County, the DA there is grappling with the trial scheduling issues. ABC's Stephen Portnoy explains. District Attorney Fonnie Willis hopes to try all 19 co-defendants in the same courtroom, but attorneys for several of them are complicating her plans. Georgia law allows any one of the co-defendants to request an expedited trial, and one of them, lawyer Kenneth Cheesebro, already has. That's leading Willis to propose that the trial start just two months from now. Donald Trump's new attorney is objecting to that, saying the former president wants to sever his case from Cheesebro's, and that would mean multiple trials before multiple Georgia juries. And scores of Trump supporters are gathering outside the jail in Atlanta, where Trump's expected to turn himself in. It'll be the fourth time this year Trump has been booked on criminal charges. And today he'll be turning himself in at a notoriously troubled jail in the city, unlike his previous arrests, which happened in courthouses just before initial court appearances. Also different from his previous surrenders, authorities are expected to take a booking photo of the former president. The city of New York is overwhelmed. That's from the state's governor. As after the arrival of more than 100,000 migrants in the past few months, ABC's Dave Packer has more. New York Governor Kathy Hochul writing to President Biden calling for executive action to help the state manage the flood of asylum seekers. The reality is we've managed thus far without substantive support from Washington. And despite the fact that this is a national, indeed a inherently federal Hochul says the state has already committed over $1.5 billion and projects the migrant crisis could cost the state an additional $4.5 billion next year. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says supporting asylum seekers will cost his city $12 billion. Dave Packer, ABC News. A preliminary U.S. intelligence assessment has found the plane crash presumed to have killed Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin was intentionally caused by an explosion. That's according to U.S. and Western officials. The officials were not authorized to comment and spoke on condition of anonymity. One of them says the explosion falls in line with Russian President Vladimir Putin's, quote, long history of trying to silence his critics. The officials did not offer details today on what caused the explosion, believed to have killed Prigozhin and several of his lieutenants to avenge a mutiny that challenged the Russian leader's authority. The White House has declined to comment. 2024 hopefuls for president took to the stage in Milwaukee last night for the first Republican presidential primary debate. Eight candidates battled it out. Notably missing was the frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, who declined to take part. ABC's Karen Travers has details of how President Biden's campaign is responding to the first showdown on the GOP side. President Biden's campaign says he's actually the winner of last night's Republican primary debate. Spokesman Kevin Munoz telling ABC News the candidates on stage and former President Donald Trump in his interview with Tucker Carlson were putting forward, quote, extreme out-of-touch positions. When we look at the midterms, when we look at these special elections throughout 2023, Americans are heading to the ballot box on the Biden agenda. They are rejecting these attacks on a abortion. They're rejecting these attacks on democracy. So we are going to continue focusing on the real things that Americans care about. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The Republican Party's presidential candidates are struggling to address growing concerns about climate change. To many conservatives, climate change is a liberal conspiracy. During the GOP presidential debate last night, candidates were asked to raise their hands if they believe human behavior is causing climate change. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis shut down the question and attacked the, quote, corporate media before anyone could raise a hand. Only former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley acknowledged climate change is real. Leaders in the GOP's small but growing movement of environmental activists say their party must do better. And a national sandwich shop is getting swallowed up by an acquisition company with a pretty big appetite, more from ABC. 
a new owner for Subway. After more than five decades of family ownership, the sandwich shop franchisor is being bought by private equity firm Rourke Capital for a reported $9.6 billion. And while you may not have heard of Rourke, you've likely heard of other brands it owns through holding companies, including Dunkin', Baskin-Robbins, Arby's, Sonic, Auntie Anne, Cinnabon, and Carvel, to name a few. Subway CEO John Chidsey calls the move a win-win for franchisees, guests, and our employees. Dave Packer, ABC News.